Hi, and welcome to This Pod Is Your Pod, the podcast from Pantsuit Nation. I'm here with Courtney. Hello. And I'm Libby, and we're two of the co-founders of Pantsuit Nation, an online community of 3.8 million progressives working to resist the current administration. And uh, it's a it's been a big week for us, right, Court? Yes, the anniversary of the day that you clicked create group and started this whole thing (laughs) um, was on October 20th. So happy pantsuit birthday, Libby. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a lot of Facebook memories and things like coming up and, and just thinking to this time last year, like I was you know, still nursing my son who was one at the time. I had two part-time jobs. I sat down and clicked this group. And I honestly had this idea that like, maybe I could get a hundred people to wear pantsuits to the polls on November 8th. Like that was the big shiny goal that I had in my mind. Um, And so I started the group and invited a handful of my friends. And within the first day, there were 24,000 people. Within the first couple of weeks, there were a million people. And Courtney, you and I didn't know each other. Like every, I mean, it's <laughs> nope. just—it's a little bit insane to to look back and and think back to everything that's changed. Not only obviously on the the national scale. I mean, there's there is that like sadness and and um, poignant part of it as well, but also just personally, like my life has completely changed, and some of it has been challenging, but most of it has been incredible. So it's been fun thinking back to this time last year and where all of us were scattered around the country and and here we are now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here in my apartment, the same place that I lived, you know, a year ago and it feels like it's been an hour and it feels like it's been 10 years that there's just so much that has happened between when um, you started the group, when I first joined, just um, as far as I can tell, just a few days later, since there are about 200,000 people in the group. And so in pantsuit time, that's like two or three days. But also it feels like it was just yesterday that we were so excited and jazzed up about Secretary Clinton being the nominee. And I I still have that, you know, some of that energy and that excitement around making progressive change. And I think because I still have that, that's why we are able to do this. And I think a lot of people still do, that despite everything that's been going on, that people, that spark that was lit, that uh, ignited Pantsuit Nation is still burning for many people. And it's it's really critical for us um, as the group and as members of the group, as leaders of the group, as people on this podcast to kind of keep uh, fueling that fire. And speaking of fueling the fire <laughs> um, and, and the different ways that all of us can step up to create change, that's one of the ongoing themes and topics, both in our Pantsuit Nation Facebook group and also on this pod is your pod is like, how can you raise your hand? How can you step up in the moment to create change? So uh, Courtney, tell us who is joining us today on the podcast. Yeah. So really quickly, I do want to say that um, I just heard like a mystery bang behind me and there's some construction (laughs) going on in my apartment. So if that uh, comes through on the pod, my apologies. For a very special Um, Halloween episode of Fancy Nation. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I will now I'm so excited and so thrilled to be able to welcome Julia Tertian to the podcast. Um, She is the author of Feed the Resistance, which is an excellent little book that gives you um, ideas about what you can be doing out there and also the actual food that you can use to fuel the resistance. She's co-authored such cookbooks as um, Spain, A Culinary Road Trip with Mario Batali, and you may have seen her writing in Vogue, Bon Appetit, Food and Wine. 
Online, The Wall Street Journal. Um, she's just an amazing presence in the activist field, um, really embracing how you can use your skills to get out there and be part of the resistance. So uh, welcome, Julia. Thank you guys so much. That was such a nice introduction, and I'm so happy to talk with you today. We are so thrilled to have you on. Um, I have been just devouring this beautiful little book um, over the last couple of weeks. And I was wondering if you could tell us and our listeners a little bit about um, how this book came together. It's, it's really a hybrid cookbook and resistance manual, and I'd love to know uh, where that idea came from. Sure. Um, you know, hearing... You know, everything you guys were saying about sort of the build up to Pant Food Nation and everything, um, I feel like I had a kind of similar experience and sort of trajectory with this book. Um, and it was absolutely born out of the momentum from, you know, the most recent presidential election. Um, I found myself feeling like many others in my life, um, you know, scared, disappointed, frustrated, angry, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt very um, moved to contribute something productive and positive to the conversation. Um, and sort of hearing you kind of reflect on this past year and the things that have happened, you know, it's it's a reminder that I think the resistance and the, you know, the movement that is happening is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, it's multi-generational. You know, it goes back in time. It will go on for hopefully a really long time. And um, I think to, you know, keep something like that going, to me, that's a living, breathing thing. And, you know, it needs to be fed. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, as a cookbook author, I thought the best thing I could do would be to create a, you know, a cookbook that really um, addressed all these ideas and gave really um, tangible ideas of ways to get involved and, yeah, and also recipes for, um, you know, things to feed other activists and recipes that had, like, amazing and moving and personal stories attached to them and to really just reflect the community. I love that. And I, I love your last comment about sort of the stories that are tied up in food and in activism. And um, that's one of the sort of central pieces of, of what we do in Pantsuit Nation is kind of trying to to strengthen that that link in people's minds between things that we think of as sort of home-based or maybe even like, you know, women's work of, of maintaining households and sharing the, the stories of our worlds with the people around us. And then somehow that gets distanced with like hard, like true core activism, which is just such a false narrative. And so I, I love that idea of sort of strengthening that bond in the ways that we can and saying you can't you can't truly be an activist without being a storyteller. Like so that's my my view. And and I just love that sort of reinforcing the the central role that caregiving and community building and storytelling plays in all activist movements. And somehow I think as progressives we've like distance ourselves in a way from from that and a lot of what i'm seeing now is is a an effort to build that up again and recognize that the truth of that yeah absolutely and i think um i mean i totally agree with that and especially the sort of importance of storytelling i think you know there's that great line like you can't hate someone whose story you know <laughs> um and food is such an accessible way for us to all understand each other you know it's something every single person in the world has in common which is pretty unbelievable um and I think also to your point about sort of, um, you know, understanding the difference between kind of like day-to-day -day things that happen within our homes, um, 
you know, the seemingly kind of mundane stuff of life um, versus like hardcore activism and knowing that, you know, activism and resistance are a spectrum and there's, you know, a place for all of us. And I think it's so much about finding what you can do and committing to that. And, um, you know, for some people, it's showing up to every protest and every march and maybe organizing them and, you know, making the banner and holding it. And I think for some people, it's, you know, maybe providing snacks for the people who are going to that or providing a place for people who are coming from out of town to attend that. You know, there's there's a role for all of us. Um, so, Julia, I flipped to the back of the book and was looking through who the contributors were. And it's just such an amazing, powerhouse, diverse group of people um, who you got to participate in this project. Um, how did you connect with some of the collaborators that you brought into this group? Were you already aware of their work in food and activism or did you meet along the way in the project? Um, yeah, it's such a great question. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you sir you know, shining a light on them because it's this incredible group of contributors. Um, there's over 20 in the book and, um, you know, representation was hugely important to me as I was putting the book together and it was kind of non-negotiable to me that, um, you know, this book represent, um, a really diverse group of people who, you know, really reflect, you know, food in, in this country. Um, and I, you know, just quite frankly, as a white woman in food, you know, when I look at food media, when I look at, you know, magazines and blogs and TV shows and stuff, uh, you know, I often see myself reflected. <laughs> you know, it's been easy, well, not easy, but it's been um, sort of clear to me to see a place for myself in, in the industry in which I work. And, you know, I wanted that feeling of visibility to um, really resonate with as many readers as possible. Um, so in terms of finding contributors and reaching out and getting people to sign on to do something really fast, because this book happened mm-hmm. really fast, it was a process of um, was sort of a mixture of, of what you asked. So, you know, a lot of them were people I knew and, you know, had, uh, you know, work sort of um, knowledge of or, you know, friendships with and a lot were people I wanted to know better. Um, You know, I had heard really cool things about their work and then there were also lots of people that I met just um, through putting the book together. So, for example, when I reached out to, you know, one person, they would be like, yeah, this sounds awesome and, you know, you should also think about this person. So there was a lot of that. So Mm -hmm. it's very much um, a book for a large community that was definitely made by a big community. I love that. We do that um, very often in Pantsuit Nation that like there's a great opportunity to push the ability to meet exciting people that you love their work because you have a project that you can get them to sign on for. And I think that's um, one of the kind of cool calls for people who are just getting into activism. Like if you see someone out there who you love what they're doing, like reach out and see if they want to collaborate with you because oftentimes the answer will either be yes or it will be, I can't today, but have you talked to this person and your network will just grow and grow. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So food is is um, and cooking and baking is one of the ways that I sort of take care of myself. I've got a couple of kids and family, and so when my work, which is now you know fully with Pantsuit Nation, gets stressful or, or when I need to take a break from my screen, I, I often go into the kitchen and, and spend time there. And I'm just wondering, like, if if your work is is food, like, what do you do to get away from that space? Like, are you are there ways that you take care of yourself that kind of distance yourself, or or do you still kind of find that self soothing within the kitchen, even though that's that's what your you know your livelihood is as well as your life? Yeah, it's such a great question, and. Um, 
You know, to be totally honest, I, you know, even though food is my work and, you know, I write cookbooks, it's the kitchen is still the place I go when I, you know, always, it's always my kind of safe haven. Um, I'm really, really fortunate to like truly love what I do and I get to, you know, work in the thing that is my passion. Um, and that is like a tremendous privilege. And so at the end of the day, even if I'm like, you know, burnt out from a million emails or, you know, testing recipes and maybe something didn't work out, you know, that kind of thing. Like I still want to make dinner and I still want to, you know, I want to make a meal for me and my wife. And to me, that's just me at my happiest when I'm just in our kitchen, you know, our dogs are there. Um, I do find cooking to be completely sort of meditative and relaxing. Um, it's kind of the anchor in my life. Um, that said, you know, I totally am up for, you know, going out for a pizza now and then. <laughs> I get that. We talk a lot about uh, how much we love the Great British Baking Show as a space to find some peace in this crazy world. And I think that there's a real brilliance to the way that this book is put together in that, you know, you have these amazing essays from people like um, Mickey Halpin, you know, practical activism. And then you can find um, Maya Camille Broussard's Brazilian fish pot pie recipe, you know, a few pages down. And you can kind of have that experience of digging in, feeling very deeply, you know, what to do with the activism, and then a little bit of that lift that you get. You know, I, I find that like even reading about cooking make gives me a little bit of that calm that being in the kitchen feels. So I think that the the pace of this book is really brilliant in that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I think there's, um, yeah, there's a real mix of, of uh, messages and sort of calls to action mixed with, you know, comfort and solace. And um, I do really believe there's kind of something for everyone. So I'm so glad that resonated. And I think there's, I have this theory about like, you know, lots of people watch cooking shows, but they don't cook. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, lots of people read cookbooks, and that doesn't mean they'll necessarily cook. But I think there's still... Um, you know, value in putting that material out because I, I think there's something really comforting about watching food and reading about food because I think, you know, especially in the world that we live in, it's nice to turn to something that you know is going to work out. <laughs> you know, I think mm. food is like, you know, it's going to end well, you know. You yeah, haven't baked with me, obviously. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, you'll get a good story, I'm sure. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so, Julia, what is next for this project? I know you've been out promoting the book. Um, what are the plans for Feeding the Resistance? Yeah, um, I definitely think this book is, um, you know, part of um, something that's ever evolving and growing uh, for myself, I think for the contributors, um, for the people picking up the book and reading it and sharing it. Um, and I keep thinking about the fact that, you know, working on this book allowed me to start so many um, meaningful conversations, even, you know, the one we're having right now. And so I really think of it as a, um, you know, a conversation I really look to continue. So I'll be continuing to travel a bit um, to promote the book. And I'm really happy that that travel involves meeting up with lots of the contributors around the country, um, which is really exciting. And, um, and then sort of when that winds down, um, we'll see what's next. I think this could definitely exist um, online in some way, um, you know, and continue to add resources to what's available in the book. I just, I'm such an analog person, so I have to, <laughs> I have to work with someone who's a little bit more techie. But yeah, I think this, um, 
this book is, yeah, it's a conversation and it's one that I hope will just continue and get, um, you know, deeper and richer. Amazing. Julia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for sharing this work with us and, and for everything that you're doing. Where can our listeners and members find your work, accounts, social media, website, drop all that on us so people can can look for you? Sure, yeah. So Feed the Resistance, you can get anywhere books are sold. And for more about me and information about the book tour and all that kind of stuff, uh, my website is just my name. Uh, so it's juliaturshen.com, J-U-L-I-A-T-U-R-S-H-E-N. And I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is just my last name, at Tertian. Instagram, I highly recommend because your dogs are ridiculously... Do you have two? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was just about to, to chime in. My dear friend Janelle uh, sent me your Instagram and was like, do you know this Instagram and this wonderful woman and her beautiful <laughs> cooking? And I was like, oh, thank you for bringing this into my life. So shout out Janelle. You're the reason why we got Julie on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> That's awesome. it's such a great online presence. And I love that you know, you, you're also talking about this amazing project that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on, Julia. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Julia. Bye now. Bye. Okay, so amazing to hear from Julia. Um, I just felt like so much of what she was saying reinvigorated me and everything that we're doing at Pantsuit Nation, plus she's just awesome. And, um, you know, her book, all of the proceeds from her book are going to the ACLU. So it's like so many different nuggets of wonderful things happening in one little volume. And while you're at it, if you're picking up Julia's book, then consider picking up a book of the Pantsuit Nation stories, which we published, similarly trying to bring in a lot of different voices in this moment, reflect on the past year. And that's also available wherever books are sold. So yeah, yay, books, food, stories, all of that <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> books, food, stories. Yeah, like top three favorite things. Um <laughs> <laughs> so now it is time for the cat call, but today we have a little bit of a change up. Um, Kat is not available for the cat call today, so we're going to call Grace, who is our director of engagement at Pantsuit Nation. She's so amazing, and we're thrilled that she's able to come in and pinch hint for Cat. We haven't exactly figured out what we're going to call this, maybe touch of Grace. An act of Grace. Act of Grace. Yeah, we'll figure it out, but let's give Grace a call. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Grace. Hey, Grace. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Courtney. How are you? So really good. good. We're thrilled to have you on the podcast. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. Thank you for letting me fill in this week. Thank you so much, Grace. And we are really excited to hear from you this week about what our calls to action are going to be for the podcast and for Pantsuit Nation. So what do you have? So this week, we have a few things that um, are coming up. Next week are critical races in the Virginia State House. These are state-level races that are important because it's part of the path to taking back progressive control of the government. Issues like gerrymandering and voting rights are often decided at the state level. So we need to do as much as we can to support candidates in those races. Go ahead and check out flippable.org to learn about the Democratic candidates in Virginia. And visit mobilizeamerica.io, that's mobilizeamerica.io, to learn about the actions you can take to support those races. Some of the upcoming events include on-the-ground canvassing, if you're in Virginia, 
And if canvassing isn't your thing, there's also phone banking, which you don't need to be in Virginia to do. So together, we can make sure that we can take back the Virginia State House. Also, on a more national level, we need to continue to educate ourselves around the variety of issues that come up every day in the Trump administration, from racism, transphobia, Islamophobia, and other discriminations, to tactics like microaggressions and gaslighting. Pantsuit Nation has a great resource list with many articles, books, and videos on these topics to get you started or to continue your education. Check it out at pantsuitnation.org slash resources. Again, that's pantsuitnation.org slash resources. And lastly, if you haven't done it already, remember to sign up for Calls for Change at pantsuitnation.org slash calls for change. Once again, that's pantsuitnation.org slash calls for change. You'll get a text or an email about once a week with a timely issue and phone numbers for your members of Congress. And that way you can make your calls with very easy one tap dialing. So that's what we have for this week. Thank you so much, Grace. And just to um, kind of underscore the resource document in particular, you, along with some other volunteers with Pantsuit Nation and some folks that we um, have gotten to know who work with other organizations, have put in an incredible amount of effort and energy and time into creating this list. So thank you, first of all, for all of the work that you've done and continue to do to maintain that document. And second, to our listeners and to, to Pantsuit Nation members, like this is a treasure trove of resources. I mean, it, it really is a great place to go kind of regardless of where you are in terms of your feeling of, of cultural competence and, and understanding of some of the issues that Grace mentioned. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, and, and just again, thank you to Grace and others that have helped us put this together, get it out there uh, as something that I continue to refer to on an almost daily basis um, to make sure that I'm doing my part and that I'm understanding the issues and really amplifying the voices that are speaking from experience on this. Well, you're welcome. It was um, a lot of work, but it was so worth it. And, you know, there's a whole section of resources for kids, too, um, that I've found invaluable in using with my children as well. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today and helping us out when we needed somebody to come in for the cat call or the act of grace or whatever we're calling it this week. (laughs) And we will talk to you soon, Grace. Sounds good. Thanks for having me and have a great day. You too. Thanks, Grace. You too. Bye now. Okay, so now it's time for the golden pantsuit, um, the time when we highlight women who are doing amazing things, being badasses, and we really want to shine the light on their work. Um, So this week, uh, you've probably seen on your Facebook feed or other social media areas or in articles in the news the hashtag MeToo campaign, which has been um, highlighting the prevalence of sexual assault and sexual harassment um, out in the world. So the originator of the MeToo campaign is Tarana Burke. Um, She founded the MeToo movement over 10 years ago um, to really give a space for women to speak openly about what has happened to them. So let's hear a little bit from Tarana. As a survivor of sexual violence myself, as a person who was struggling trying to figure out what healing looked like for, my, for me, I also saw um, young people, and particularly young women of color in the community I worked with, struggling with the same issues um, and trying to find a succinct way to um, show empathy 
right? We use a term called empowerment through empathy. And Me Too is so powerful because somebody had said it to me, right? And, and it changed the trajectory of my healing process once I heard that. And so because the rape crisis centers in the community I was working didn't go out to the schools, they didn't do outreach, and I'm an organizer by training, it made sense to me that you have to bring, you know, you have to bring it to people. People are not going to seek it out. And so Me Too was about reaching the places that other people wouldn't go, bringing messages and, and words and encouragement to survivors of sexual violence where other people wouldn't be talking about it. So it's so amazing to hear those words coming from Tarana Burke from Democracy Now! And a few things jump out to me just, just listening and sort of watching the unfolding um, of the, the recent kind of explosion of that hashtag movement. That empowerment through empathy that she talks about is is something that's so important to harness and, and the vision that she had with Me Too and, and just those two words, you know, 10 years ago and, and, and especially relevant now with, with everything that's happening on kind of the national level, women stepping forward to name their abusers in some cases and, and name their, their abuse um, and harassment publicly, really powerful. And then also just that idea of like the ripple that creates waves and just, it's just such a great reminder of how, what we're doing every day and those of us that are, are trying to find ways to speak up and, and take action. Sometimes it's really hard to see very small sort of incremental progress. And yet, you know, it could be years down the line, or like when we heard from Senator Patty, Patty Murray in the podcast a few weeks ago, like talking about that moment of like lacing up her tennis shoes, like, she couldn't have known in that moment that she was going to be one of the most powerful democratic women in the country, however many years down the line, but but she went for it. Um, and just that like, ripple effect that our actions can have. And it's a good reminder, I think, for all of us that sometimes feel maybe frustrated in the moment that what we're doing isn't making a difference. But wow, what a what a difference Tarana has made um, and how powerful to hear her words talking about that. So a very worthy golden pantsuit this week. Yes, and I'm, I'm so thankful for the work that Tarana did to seed this movement and to continue to support it as so many more people are coming forward. Um, she's really part of what made this all possible and we were thrilled to give her a, a pantsuit golden pantsuit this week so that's our show for this week we are so excited to have gotten to talk to julia tertian author of feed the resistance and it was wonderful to have grace be able to give us our calls to action this week thank you so much grace and of course thanks to beth o'connell Podmaster extraordinaire please subscribe if you like what you hear leave us a review you can find us on apple podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and you can visit us at pantsuitnation.org where we have tons of resources including the resource guide that grace mentioned um, our calls for change uh, app where you can sign up to get push texts and phone calls to contact your legislators about pressing calls to action um, you can also read our blog and, and um, find out about our book and, and lots of other things there so pantsuitnation.org and you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pantsuit Nation. And thank you to Cadence 13, our studio, who helps bring you this podcast for free. And we'll be back next week. Remember, this democracy is your democracy. So get out there and make your voice heard. Talk to you soon, Lib. Bye, Court. <laughs>